Okay, so. <laughs> Is it live yet? I'm, I always have to wait to see whether these things go live. And so probably this will come in midstream. Uh, and you're wondering, what am I talking about? But I'm waiting. I'm waiting for stuff to go live. And so there's still one more channel waiting to go live. Uh, Facebook is okay. Um, yes, okay, YouTube is okay, and now uh, Twitch is okay as well. By the way, I'm so sorry, I just did this whole stream and there was no audio. I'm hoping that there is audio now. I think that there is, I hope that there is. There is, okay, all right. Hello, hi, welcome <laughs> back to the Daily Bible Reading Show. I'm gonna speed through this, yeah? We don't wanna waste time. We're just gonna look at the Bible. We're gonna look at Acts chapter 10. So this is Acts chapter 10. Verse 1, at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion uh, of what was known as an Italian cohort. Centurion, uh, uh, officer in charge of 100 men of Italian soldiers. Um, okay, a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people, prayed continually to God. Really good guy. Really good guy. You know, prays, always prays, always gives money to the poor. Really good guy. About the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m. of the day, he saw clearly a vision of an angel come in and say to him, Cornelius, Cornelius, and he stared at him in terror. Whoa, what's going on? And said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Interesting. God notices the stuff that he does, praying, giving money away, worth saying that this guy is not a Jew. Now, he's not doing this in the temple. He can't go to the temple. But still, God notices and God honors what he does for God, even though he's not one of God's people. So verse 5, And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who's called Peter. He's staying with one Simon. Not confusing at all. Find a Simon who's staying with Simon. <laughs> but one Simon is called Peter. The other Simon is a tanner, meaning he makes skins. He tans skins. And he says his house is by the sea. So very specific geography. This house next to the sea, owned by Simon. Outside of it, probably all these skins being tanned. And in this house, also another Simon called Peter and bring this guy to you. When the angel um, spoke to him and departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. <sighs> by the way, I'm having like food coma. I'm like battling <laughs> the urge to fall asleep right now. So I'm trying to stay alert. This is how I'm staying alert. I'm reading God's word to try to stay alert and not fall asleep, but to focus on what <laughs> God wants me to learn and teach from this passage. It's coming Saturday, and that's why I'm preparing this. So, yep, let's pick up verse 9. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the household, housetop, sorry, about the sixth hour to pray. Noontime, middle of the day, really hot, goes up to the roof to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, preparing his lunch, he could smell it or hear it, the chopping, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. So this like great white square being lowered down from heaven. Uh, like... I don't know, like, like, like something like an elevator, an elevator of food. <laughs> um, in it, verse 12, were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, rise, 
Peter kill and eat. Get up, Peter. Kill those animals and fill your hunger. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. By the way, talking about eating, I've ate, eaten so much today. I had some Vietnamese food. It was really nice. Like cold noodles, very refreshing. This was at the pho in the city center. So good, so good. But just I had that together with two types of spring rolls as well. So I was already full from that. But then I had barbecue at smoked ribs. That was really good. Actually, the nachos were fantastic. Also had onion rings. Also had um, salad. But the salad had like halloumi and it was very filling as well. So anyway, talking about food and reading about food is not helping me digest my food. <laughs> Feeling a little more sleepy. But, but Peter is hungry. He hasn't eaten, eaten anything. And even though he is hungry, what he says is, nope, <laughs> I'm not going to give in to this temptation. I think in his mind, now in his mind, Peter thinks that this is the right thing to say to God. You know, he's giving the right answer. God says, eat. He says, nope. And he thinks that's actually the right pious answer. Why? Because he sees among these animals, some of them, or maybe all of them, stuff that he's not supposed to eat, stuff that's forbidden to eat stuff that according to God's word says that you should not eat otherwise you're breaking God's law and that's why he calls it something that's common or unclean my whole life you know ever since I was a kid I've obeyed these laws I'm not going to start breaking them right now so he must be really pleased about himself you know he's obeying God's laws all his life and now being tempted even by his hunger or even by even by God's word he's obeying what he's obeyed all his life Verse 15, and the voice came to him again a second time, what God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Three times, you know, with Peter, three times is very symbolic. Remember, Peter uh, denied Jesus three times. Peter, um, Jesus, uh, well, Peter hearing the cock crow three times and also Jesus saying to him, do you, do you love me three times? So if Peter, it's almost as if God has this pattern. You know, if Peter, he has to repeat it three times to help him to really get what God is trying to say to him. And what God is trying to say to him, hey, I made these things clean. Hey, you're calling something that you think is unclean, but in reality, something God has transformed. God has changed. God has cleaned it to make it acceptable and holy. And it's something that's meant to be taken in, maybe even eaten, something to be enjoyed. Uh, but he doesn't get it. You know, he's puzzled. And I think if you're honest, if all that we read up to this point was this, was, were these verses, you know, we wouldn't get it either. What does God mean by something that is unclean, now made clean or acceptable or holy? Verse 17. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision that he had seen might mean, just wondering, scratching his head, what does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? Behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who is called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, just checking whether the audio is working, <laughs> that's not silent still. While Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I've sent them. Just note, note again that phrase, rise. You know, earlier on, rise and eat. Now rise and go and meet these people. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you're looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And he said, Cornelius, a centurion, 
an upright and God-fearing man. You know, this guy is good. This guy fears God. This is, this is someone whom you should pay attention to, who is well-spoken of. But the whole Jewish nation, everyone thinks that he's a stand-up guy. Well, this guy was directed by the holy angel to send for you to come to his house to hear what you, Peter, what you have to say to him. So he invited them in to be his guests. The next day, Peter rose and went away with them, and, and some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day, so it takes a whole day to get to the centurion's house. It took a whole day for the two servants and the soldier to get to Peter's house. It takes a whole day for Peter to get to So it's a long journey, just to, just to say. Long journey. You know, Peter is probably wondering throughout this journey, you know, what am I doing? <laughs> What's the point of this? But God told me to do this. So he went on this journey. Um, on the following day, they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. Now, that's interesting. You know, Cornelius gets this message uh, to say that God wants to say something to you. You know, God has this message for you. And in his mind, immediately, just instinctively, what he thinks is, my friends need to hear this as well. This message can't be just for me. If it's so important, it's from God. Everyone, all my family, all my friends have to hear this. He doesn't know what it is yet. That's the thing. But he is so expectant, so trusting in God that God will say something so important that will change his life. He wants all the lives of his friends to be changed as well. Say something. Say so much about Cornelius' trust in God's word, you know, hope in God's promise. <laughs> Um, uh, when Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him <laughs> in reverence, in awe. You know, but Peter lifted him up, saying, "Stand up! I too am a man." And this is not just humility. So Peter saying, "Oh no, you know, I I am nobody." But but this is actually wise. I think a couple of times this happens, even in Acts, happens in Revelation with John as well, but later on with Paul and Barnabas, people falling down, you know, saying, oh, wow, you know, you're a great, you know, you're chosen by God, you're a pastor maybe. And maybe part of that ministry of faithfulness is just reminding people that we're the same. The only difference is that God has given me this message, but at the same time, God has given you this message through me. You need to listen to this. Both of us need to listen to this. Both of us need to be obedient to God, towards God. Um, yeah, verse 27, And as he talked with him, he went in and found many persons gathered. Maybe surprised. Whoa, I thought it was just you, but lots of people were there. And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. Notice that any person common or unclean. Earlier on we heard God said, uh, said, do not call anything common or unclean. Here Peter makes a connection. God is talking about people. Not food, not animals, but people whom previously we saw in an unclean way, unacceptable way. No way should I hang out with this guy, but now God has made them clean. And we should actually go to them. We should consider them. Someone God wants us to speak the gospel to. Verse 29, so when I was asked for, I was sent for, I came without objection. I asked then why, why you sent for me. 
verse 30. Hang on, hang on, almost there, almost there. I know it's a long passage, but thank you for staying on for this long. And Cornelius said, four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa, ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you've been kind enough to come. Now therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. So essentially, we tell us the story uh, from his perspective, what God told him to do to bring Peter and he says that's why all of us here we are really eager we really want to hear what you have to say to us from God so what does Peter say to this you know how does Peter preach fairly long sermon so hang on hang on we're going to read through this once through and then we'll think about it at the end so verse 34 so Peter opened his mouth and said truly I understand that God shows no partiality no favoritism but in every nation, every, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. It's a God who wants all nations to come to him. Um, as for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus at Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on the tree. Sorry. Uh, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who have been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So it's all building up to this point, building up to the point that anyone who trusts in Jesus will receive forgiveness. This Jesus whom God, um, empowered by his spirit, to preach the gospel, this Jesus whom God raised from the dead, this Jesus commanded them to preach the gospel. You know, if you hear this gospel, the promise is you trust in Jesus, you receive this forgiveness in his name. Yep, yep, okay, all right. That's the end, okay. That's, that's the sermon that Peter is speaking. Think to notice, think to notice. Peter is only halfway through because he's only just gotten to the point whereby, you know, um, he, he's rehashing stuff that you know, that, that they already know. He says, you know this, you know, verse 30, saying, you yourselves know what is this. He's almost, he's just, he's, he's just starting, in other words. You know, he hasn't gotten to the juicy parts yet. You know, repent, believe in God. He's just stating fact. Even so, God intervenes. Even so, even though he, haven't, he hasn't got to the good part yet. God intervenes and saves Cornelius and the rest of the people in the room. Verse 44, while Peter was still saying these things, still on his mouth, the words, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. Interesting word there, even 
on the Gentiles. You know, of all people, God pours His Spirit on the Jews. That's great, but God pours His Spirit even on the non-Jews. Meaning, they're surprised. They're going, wait a minute. Now, what's God doing? All these circumcised people, all these people who obeyed food laws, all these Jewish people are surprised that God would even save that guy over there because he's not Jewish. That guy over there because he's been eating unclean things all his life, living very unclean lives all their lives. Even that guy, God, are you sure you want to save him? And it shows that they're shocked, they're surprised, but it also shows that God wants them to be surprised. You see, who is God trying to show that he's safe? Now, so let me put, uh, that wasn't that wasn't very clear. Who is this lesson for, in other words? Who is this show of the Holy Spirit for? Is it for Cornelius and the new believers to show them that, hey, I've saved you? Maybe, maybe to reassure them that they're the real thing. I think, given the context, this whole pouring of the Holy Spirit is for the benefit of Peter and the Jewish friends to say that, hey, these, this is the next step, the next step in God expanding the message of the gospel and bringing it to the ends of the earth. Remember, there have been three bookmarks so far where God pours out his spirit at Pentecost, at Samaria, and now on Cornelius and these people who are non-Jews. Firstly, he pours out in Pentecost on all these Jewish people who are then speaking and praising God and declaring his works in non-Jewish languages, in Greek and all kinds of different languages. Then he pours it out on the Samaritans, these neighbors who are just outside um, outside Judea, but they think, oh, God can't want me to hang out with those guys. They're disobedient. You know, they've been, they have a warped understanding of the Bible. And of the, no, no, no. God pours out the Spirit on them to say, that we, to say that we should be speaking to them as well. And now the final step, God pours out His Spirit on these outsiders, on Cornelius, who uh, Peter thinks is unclean, who Peter thinks that he's breaking the law by hanging out with, but says, God says, no, 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 I made them clean, and I saved them, and I want you to preach the gospel to them. You see, the message is for Peter, for the believers, for the apostles, for the original believers, because it is a fulfillment of Jesus' promise in Acts 1.8. You shall be white witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's saying that God knows what he's doing in bringing all these people whom you think might not be suitable, whom you think we should not be associating with. No, God has chosen them by not showing favoritism, but by pouring out a spirit upon them to say that they are the ones that God wants to reach with the gospel. I am dying. <laughs> okay, I'm so tired. Okay, almost few, just a few more verses. We're, we're almost at the end. Uh, verse 46, for they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Again, a reminder of Pentecost of what God did back then. Then Peter declared, can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? They are now the same as us. We have the Spirit. They have the Spirit. We're all the same people of God. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then he asked him to remain for some days. And so that's how it ends. Uh, ends with... New members of the family of God, uh, unexpected pouring of the Holy Spirit, and a kind of like a new direction, a turning point for Peter especially, to say that, hey, this gospel, it's for the outsiders. And one of the biggest hurdles in preaching the gospel uh, 
is not just preaching the gospel to people who've never heard it before. You know, that, that's, that's tough enough, right? You know, you're telling a friend, you're telling a non-Christian, hey, let me tell you about Jesus, and, you, and, and you're afraid, and you're hesitant. But let me tell you something that's even more important and even more scary than that. Telling the people who already know the gospel that they should be preaching the gospel to their friends. Telling the people who already think that, you know, there are enough of us here in church. You know, we are, we are, we are the saved ones. We are, you know, we, are, we are the community that God loves, that actually God loves other people as well. People who are not like us. People who are very, very different from us. Maybe even people who don't like us to say that we should be preaching the gospel to them as well. You know, these people were surprised that the Holy Spirit could be poured out on these people. Who would be, be surprised if suddenly God saved today and brought to your church today? Who's the last person we would think God would want us to speak to? Can't be that guy. Can't be that girl. Can't be those people. Those are exactly, I put it to you, those are exactly the kinds of people that God wants us to be speaking the gospel to with faithfulness, with boldness, and with expectation that God will save them as well. I'm done. This is Acts chapter 10. Thank you for watching. Um, I, 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 hope, I hope this works. If not, <laughs> no more energy. <laughs> going to concuss now. By the way, thanks to the friends again for taking me out today, have, treating me to that amazing, amazing meal. Uh, I will remember it forever. But also the friendships, thanks for all the conversations we had. You really encouraged me, really refreshed my souls. Thank you so much. God bless you. Um, please have a safe trip back home. I'll see you back in Singapore. Uh, rest of you, thank you for watching this episode of the Daily Bible Reading Show, looking at Acts chapter 10. Take care and God bless. Bye-bye. <laughs>